The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. For this weekly exploration of NDEs and related mystical experiences, we're going to do another call-in show, and I hope anyone out there who would like to talk about NDEs or related mystical experiences, either your own experience or uh, or questions about mystical experiences, uh, feel free to call us at 888-463-6748. That's 888-463-6748. You can join the show each month at 11 a.m. Eastern Time or catch it later on our website at nderadio.org. Three weeks ago on this program, I talked about how important it is for the spiritual health of the world for people to talk about their near-death experiences. As I mentioned then, some 15 million Americans are estimated to have had near-death experiences, but few want to talk about it. Now, one of the terrific features of the International Association for Near-Death Studies is the fact they offer many local meetings around the country and around the world, for that matter, for people to begin to talk about experiences they, they have had in NDEs and similar visions. Well, NDE Radio is here for the same reason as those meetings, to provide a forum for people to tell others about their NDE experiences. And as a hospital chaplain... I know those stories are out there because I personally have heard hundreds of first-hand accounts of NDEs in my work in the hospital. These are moving stories indeed, but for reasons of patient confidentiality, I can't discuss them in any detail on air. That part is up to you, the listener experiencer. For listeners who feel ready to let the rest of us know what they've learned from the other side, here's the number to call, 888 888- 463-6748. That's 888-463-6748. Back in uh, 2013, I opened our first call-in show with a question, what if we did a call-in show and nobody calls? Well, folks, with the NDE story files from IONS Resources, we have that covered. And uh, let me give you our number one more time, and then I'll get into a, a first account from uh, from uh, IONS, 888-463-6748, 888-463-6748. Now we have a, one of the uh, people at IONS, Ann Ellis, sends out monthly uh, uh, reports of near-death s- stories to the membership at IONS. This one was the January uh, 2015 story, and I... I thought it very interesting because it's not really a death as such. It's um, the result of a meditation, something probably anyone could do if they uh, if they were of a mind to do it. And Anne describes this as an unusual account, a young person who self-induces a near-death-like experience through a type of meditation. And she says, although no spirit beings were met, all knowledge was received along with feelings of pure joy. There was an understanding that everything is one, and everything is love, as many near-death experiencers have understood it. 
voice answers questions, uh, proclaiming that everything is now, that all possibilities occur at once, and that large and small are the same. This young person actually experienced the reality of these messages, which we often hear, but most of us find difficult to grasp without the experience. So the experiencer reported, One evening I was talking with a friend on the phone who knew that I was interested in exploring different spiritual practices and religions. He said, Hey, you should check out a Society of Friends meeting. They don't have any sermons and just meditate for an hour or so together. I was intrigued, and after we hung up, I looked them up on the Internet. I found out that they were what I knew as Quakers, and after only a few minutes of searching, I came across a posting that explained a style of meditation they do called Looking for the Light Within. I printed it out, took it to my bed, and read what it said. It was very simple. Get into a comfortable position, close your eyes, Focus your attention on the darkness and look for a light within. When you see a light, focus on it. So that's exactly what I did. After reading the explanation, I turned out the light, lay back, closed my eyes, and right away I could see a pinprick of light inside the darkness of my brain, slightly up and between my eyes. It looked like a distant star. I focused on it, but it kept eluding me, so I used all the might I had Suddenly, whoosh, I was out of my body and floating in space. It was very dark, but I could see pinpricks of light all around me, again, like distant stars. I felt as if I were one with everything. I was everything. I was love. Everything was love. It was the most wonderful feeling I have ever felt in my entire life. Then I asked a question. All I remember are the answers. A voice boomed out so loudly that it could make the universe explode. It said, everything is one, there is no past, there is no future, there is only now. And not only that, but every possible outcome for every possible situation is occurring at the same time. That last statement I couldn't quite understand. I was shown an example of being at an intersection behind the wheel of a car and going straight, turning right, turning left, hitting the building on the corner, hitting a light post, going straight up in the air, burrowing into the asphalt all at the same time. Every possibility was occurring at the same instant, whether I did it or not. Then I heard, the largest of the large and the smallest of the small are all the same. And I became a wave, a spiral, or a tube of sorts that contracted and expanded in and out with the in being microscopic, and the out being infinitely large. And I understood to the depths of my being that everything was one, and that the smallest atom is the same as the universe. I was turned inside out and became everything, and everything was as tiny as the smallest particle, and as huge as the universe. It was all the same, and I was it, and it was me. I was just there, floating in this pure ecstasy, knowing to the depths of my being everything I had just heard and witnessed. Suddenly, I was being downloaded with information about every question I had ever had. I have always been interested in science, physics, biology, human relations, spirituality, religion, and so forth. And in one instant, I understood all there was to know. I particularly remember understanding all about how electricity works, and then physics, and then human relationships, and 
feeling pure joy and a feeling of simplicity. And then an understanding that it's all love. Everything is love. Everything is one. Everything is now. Everything is love. With that, I gradually became aware of my body back on my bed and that I had a huge, goofy smile on my face with drool running down my cheek. I was back in my body with a thud. I jumped up to write down what I could remember, and even after seven years, it's almost as clear as the moment it happened. And that's an account from the files of IANS, which was particularly interesting to me because I was a practicing Quaker for many years. Never had an experience as profound as that. But um, that uh, basic message that the form of worship is to sit quietly, meditate, uh, look for the light within, and uh, and then communicate what you might learn from that light, because it's God uh, asking you to share. And uh, we're asking you to share as well. So let me give you that number to call in. Uh, for today's call-in program, please call 888-463-6748. And uh, again, 888-463-6748. And uh, someone out there, I'm sure, is listening and hasn't told people uh, yet about their near-death experience or similar encounter. The story I just read was not a near-death experience, but certainly was visionary and instructive and uh, profoundly moving for the person who experienced it. Um, <clears throat> the Quaker religion, very interesting. Uh, George Fox was a mystic who founded it. They were the early settlers of um, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and um, they were the ones who could befriend most easily uh, the Native Americans they were ones who shared and who, um, in fact, every uh, member of the Quaker congregation is a minister in, the, in that congregation. And some of the most beautiful ceremonies you'll ever attend are the weddings that, they, that take place in the Quaker meeting house. It's, um, uh, meditation is involved in it as well as uh, all the other traditions. Let me read you another story from the files of Ian's. And describes this following account uh, about a boy who drowns and recalls leaving his body, having a life review, and meeting a being which he refers to as a shadowy figure. After he was sent back, he was visited by the same being for ten years after the incident whom he could see or feel. Um, few near-death accounts speak of continued visits like this although they may take place. Regarding his return to his body, a few other near-death experiencers have reported being pushed back into their bodies. In this case, he reinterprets what what it uh, felt like to, to be pushed. Uh, he relates it to his brother uh, rescuing him from the water. And uh, probably they were simultaneous. He speaks of some interesting after-effects, many of which other near-death experiencers report. And so this experiencer tells us this. I was eight years old when I was pulled under the water by a strong riptide at the beach. I remember trying to swim out of the tide, but I couldn't. 
the next thing I remember was losing my breath and seeing my life flash by, which was very short since I was only eight years old. Then all of a sudden, I floated outside my body, and I remember looking at my arms floating and my face, and I, I felt so happy. It was the happiest I've ever felt and the most peace I've ever, ever felt. I saw a shadowy figure, which I think to be my spirit guide now because I saw him for about 10 years after this happened. He would show up and I would visibly see him or feel him when I was scared. When I saw him, he was standing in front of a white light in a dark tunnel. I was so excited to join him and I started floating towards him in the white light. I guess you could say my soul was floating towards him or it might have been me still in my body but a more transparent body. As soon as I started toward him, I heard someone, not sure. I'm not sure if it was the shadowy figure, say, go back, it's not your time. Right then, I felt like I was pushed back through the tunnel. I could actually feel the push. It was so hard. Actually, it was my 10-year-old brother pulling me up on his bodyboard by the arm. Out of the entire ocean, how did he find me? I was not breathing, and I was underwater. There's no way he could have known I was there. But something made him come over to, to where I was, reach under the water, uh, know that I was in trouble, and pull me on his bodyboard and swim me back to shore. After this experience, my spirit guide did visit me a lot. I have psychic abilities and deep intuition in my life. I've always thought it was a positive thing that happened to me. I feel like this uh, experience gave me an aura of peace that other people say they can feel when they are around me. It has a lot of healing power, and I'm able to sympathize with people on a deep level because I can feel what other people feel without them saying anything. I feel blessed to have had this experience. However, sometimes it's very hard for people to believe or understand. And that, of course, is one of the th- things that... Uh, NDEers encounter when they try to tell their story to family or friends, a doctor or whoever it is that's nearby when, when they, uh, revive, when they're revived. Um, when a code blue is called at the hospital and I'm called in on the case, uh, I always ask very gently to the person who, uh, whose heart has stopped. That's usually the, the code blue call. Um, well, did you see anything on the other side? And about 10 or perhaps 15% of the people I ask that question to will say yes. They do remember something. Uh, it may just be a brief memory or it might be something really profound and deep. Uh, time seems to stand still when you're on the other side. So somebody can be uh, unconscious or clinically dead for a few minutes and have a multitude of experiences traveling into the light, seeing family and friends, seeing uh, uh, pets, perhaps angels, meeting Jesus or some other religious figure, um, walking with angels toward a heavenly city. This can happen very quickly. And uh, in our time, although it seems like they have been gone for, for hours, Speaking of hours, our half hour is uh, half over, and we haven't heard from anyone yet. 
888-463-6748 is the number to call. 888-463-6748. Uh, call in, tell us, uh, tell us about uh, some experience that you've had or, or if you have any questions about, um, how near-death experiences are studied, investigated, um, uh, publicized, because um, now with movies and many, many books in the market, many of the books, by the way, being bestsellers, um, there is much more a willingness to discuss the experience, the near-death experience in uh, public. And uh, if you've ever been to one of our uh, IANS conferences, uh, you know uh, what a what an amazing event that can be. They usually take place on Labor Day weekend this year. It's going to be in San Antonio. But we've had them on the East Coast in Washington. We've had them on the West Coast, San Diego. and uh, So you will um, benefit greatly if you're interested in this field at all, and I assume you are because you're listening to this show, to uh, try to uh, attend one of these conferences Meet the people who have experienced these things firsthand, who perhaps have um, researched um, NDEs, written books about it, for, or made films about it. It's quite an exciting time, and to be in a room, <clears throat> if you're a if you're an experiencer yourself, to be in a room where several hundred people have gotten together, many of whom are who are NDE. Um, Folks, then, then you will uh, feel an energy that you just won't find anywhere else. The energy of um, 200 near-death experiencers uh, of one mind listening to a story is uh, just energizing. It's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. Well, that number again. If you would like to add your story to our to our uh, files. Uh, it's 888-463-6748. Well, let me give you the number again in case you missed that. 888-463-6748. I'm launching into a, a longer account of an NDE. I'm doing that, uh, but if you do decide to call, go ahead and I will, I will stop my reading, uh, so that we can get your story because that's what's most important to us. Okay. This account gives a good description of the dying process while fully awake. It repeats the phrase fully awake throughout the account, perhaps to emphasize that the, the experiencer was conscious and aware at all times. It has coined some terms which are not familiar from elsewhere, but seems useful, such as sphere of universal communion and individual sphere of communion to distinguish that the all that is from us individual consciousness. The concept of the understanding and memory portions of the soul is compelling, with the memory portion including memories from all lifetimes of the individual soul. The higher soul versus lower soul terminology is a good way to understand the individual soul, which apparently has a higher self or portion of the soul that remains on the other side during incarnations. Sound complex to you? Well, the uh, discussion itself should should clarify this. And the discussion of disembodied personalities is interesting, but includes some explanations which have not been heard before. Okay, this experiencer writes, In the spring of 2003, 
A genetic time bomb went off, and my body's time came to an end. The moment of death was upon me at age 53, and I found it a curious thing indeed. People around me grew quite excited, but an untroubled calm came over me, carrying me further and further away from the scene, as if moving me to an invisible but familiar place just sideways to where my body lay. The sirens of the ambulance were soft and melodic. The questions of the emergency room doctors sounded like a different language. Minutes after they placed me on the emergency room table <clears throat> and fitted an oxygen mask over my face, I felt my heart stop beating and took my last breath. I was fully awake when my heart stopped beating and my last breath passed my lips. There was a brief pause while my personality grew puzzled that I did not grasp for breath, gasp for breath nor seem concerned that my body had just died. I was suddenly cradled in my higher soul and catapulted for the, that is the only word for it, catapulted wide awake out of my body and into the sphere of universal communion. My whole life, it turned out, had been practiced for the moment of dying. My higher soul stepped forward, speaking reassuringly about how it had been through this so many times before, while my lower soul, this lifetime's personality, went mute in the face of the vast unknown. My higher soul catapulted with one last sigh of joy and gratitude. What a glorious creation. I was fully awake when I entered the sphere of universal communion. How do I know it's true? How do I know it's true name? I don't. <clears throat> I'm not even sure it's possible for me to have a single true name, for it to have a single true name, but the sphere of universal communion is what I saw and felt. It's the only true name I can imagine, the only one I can use to describe it at all. It appeared to me as a sphere of light. Um, but light that is aware. It was light out of awareness, not light that is seen like that that we see. We don't have physical eyes without a body nor senses. Something like the warmth of sunlight, even with your eyes squeezed shut, but with the additional sense of someone present nearby and, and with their attention resting gently on the edges of your awareness. <clears throat> Excuse me. The light was both the substance and the medium of communion within its own spherical spatiality. An aware light that creates and sustains the possibility of shared awareness on a universal basis with its infinite spatiality. I was fully awake when I realized I myself was a sphere of communion, a sphere of aware light surrounded by an infinite number of other spheres of aware light. As I experience the sphere of universal communion, it is an infinite space of aware light that is occupied by all the individual spheres of light, of aware light that ever have or ever will exist. As if it were the one mind occupied by all the individual ideas it ever has or ever will conceive, or the timeless, dimensionless oversoul occupied by all the individual souls that have ever been or will ever enter the realm of time, space, and personality. As I said, I do not pretend to know its true name, but the relation between the whole and its parts, and between parts and parts, is what I know and can still see with diamond clarity. 
What can I still see in that bodiless state? Each of us as an individual sphere of communion is the embodiment of two complementary halves, understanding and memory. While understanding is the principal characteristic of the higher soul, memory is the principal characteristic of the lower soul. Understanding is our individual portion of the limitless knowledge of the one soul, the evolving insight we possess into the way of the one, our individual spark of immortality. Memory, on the other hand, is the accumulated impressions of all the lifetimes we recall, the sum of all the personalities we have evoked to our soul, our enduring storehouse of mortal treasures. Each of us, as an individual sphere of aware light, then dwells in the sphere of universal communion, a unique fusion of soul and personality, understanding and memory. After the death of the body, the higher soul catapults back to the sphere of universal communion. If it is not evoked to the lower soul at that time, then it returns without any memory of that lifetime. It has this understanding, perhaps greatly evolved by its experiences of that lifetime, but no direct memory. The personality, likewise, must be evoked to the soul at the moment of dying if its memory is to, is to accompany it to the sphere of universal communion. Otherwise, it wanders without understanding, lost and confused among all the other disembodied personalities, unaware that they no longer have a body and are only reliving the memory of their past lifetime. It is for this reason that it is so important to unite the higher soul and lower soul during this lifetime before the moment of dying arrives. I was fully awake when I realized that whenever another sphere of aware light came into contact with mine, there was an immediate and spontaneous exchange between us of our respective memory and understanding. This is why I say we are individual spheres of communion within the universal sphere of communion. When we come into contact there, all that we know and all that we are passes uninhibitedly between us in a natural and open communion of shared being. Spheres of aware light touch us. Uh, spheres of aware light touch and so exchange the totality of their experience and assimilate one another's experience into their own. So I have come to believe from those experiences that all the individual spheres of communion are reflective of one another. I was fully awake when all the individual spheres of communion came in, into contact with one another at the same time, breaking through every dam of individuality and flooding us all in the totality of our shared being. This is why I suspect its name is the sphere of universal communion. When all the individual spheres of aware light periodically come into contact at the same time, every individual awareness that ever has or ever will exist is spontaneously and immediately at one with the one. I cannot say what it is that periodically draws all of us together at the same time, but cause aside, its effect is the complete and overwhelming experience of every drop of awareness in the ocean suddenly merging into the single sea of awareness. I have come to believe from those experiences that all the individual spheres of communion are relative to the sphere of universal communion. Well, I'll stop there. It's um, it's an amazing story, and um, of course, if you want to listen to that again to perhaps absorb more of it, you will find um, you will find it on our website 
uh, nderadio.org. So I thank you for listening uh, today to NDE Radio, and uh, we will have another call-in show uh, again soon. And I will try actually to have Ian send out um, uh, an alert to let everyone know that um, they'll have an opportunity to be on the radio. If you'd like to hear this or any other NDE Radio show again, they are all archived thanks to TalkZone at nderadio.org. And for more information on near-death experiences and the work of IANs, check out our website, iands.org. And be here next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, for more NDE Radio. Thanks for listening.